Carlos Gaywonk Maza is the perfect embodiment of everything that is wrong with this generation. With, while our grandparents' generation was off on the beaches of Normandy sacrificing their lives to stomp out tyranny, this generation is prancing around the internet trying to stomp out opinions they don't like and words that hurt their precious little feelings. I'm pretty sure the censorious acts we are seeing from the tech tyrants is what our grandparents fought against. And I'd even wager that enough millennials like Carlos Gaywonk Maza look back to the 1940s and they do not see the American soldiers laying down their lives on the beaches as the heroes. No, they look back, these left-wing millennials, and they see the authoritarians. They see the Soviets. They see the fascists, the communists, and probably even the Nazis, and all of their subordinates who did whatever it took to suppress the voices, the opinions, and the ideas of those that went against the accepted state doctrine. They look at those people as the true heroes of the 1940s. Of course they did. Of course they did, because those are the people who ultimately lost, and liberals love losers. Speaking of losing, big tech, they are losing it. Losing it completely. So tomorrow we're gonna talk to the CEO of Parlay. I think you guys may have heard of Parlay. They are the social media platform that is actively fighting against the authoritarian Silicon Valley tyrants. I also want to remind you the White House Brief is available as a podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. So if for whatever reason you're not interested in looking at this gorgeous face, you can always catch the audio on the go or while at work. Just don't let your boss catch you. All right. Our sponsor today, it is Home Title Lock. One of the largest real estate title companies suffered a breach of nearly 900 million homeowners files. Your home's title, mortgage, bank loans, and personal info may be in the hands of identity thieves. They'll forge your home's title so it appears you sold it, then they'll get loans from online lenders using your equity and stick who with the payments? You. And then when do you find out about it? When you get the late notice or when you get the eviction notice. No identity theft program or insurance covers you. The first 30 days after a breach are crucial. So I got you 30 days of protection for free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com for 30 days of free title and mortgage fraud protection. HomeTitleLock.com. Home Title Lock, it puts a virtual barrier around your home's online title to keep thieves away. There's no obligation. It's a great service. So register your address now to verify you're not already a victim and get 30 days of free protection. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Okay, so today is, of course, a day to remember the courageous acts on D-Day of our greatest generation. They are the greatest generation, the World War II generation, the lost generation. I know it sounds, always sounds cliche, but their actions literally changed the course of world history. It steered the course of history away from a future where, frankly, people like me would be dead, or at least we'd be shoveling crap in a camp somewhere, and everybody else would be speaking German and they'd have very few freedoms. June 6th, 1944, Allied forces, they stormed the beaches of Normandy and occupied France to liberate the Western world from the Nazis' grasp. Now victory, it was of course, there's zero guarantee of victory, it was not even close. In fact, it could have been a suicide mission that cost the entire war, but it was what had to be done. And when General Eisenhower gave the order, we go, the largest invasion fleet ever 
set sail across the English Channel. Horrible conditions, they did it anyway. There were 130,000 young soldiers. The average age of these soldiers, the GI, was 21. 21 years old. Thousands of them sacrificed their lives, but of course it was not in vain because it paved the way for an end to Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. 21 years old. 20, I mean, that's incredible. Now we, we've got 21-year-olds who think the Constitution is exclusionary. Oh, it doesn't mention women. It's exclusionary. 21-year-olds who think they need safe spaces to shield them from opposing ideas, who think being misgendered is the worst thing that could ever happen to them. That's our 21-year-olds today. And believe it or not, it's not just 21-year-olds in college. It's not just in the universities. It extends beyond the classroom. Because we've got Carlos Maza of Vox. He's a 31-year-old, a 31-year-old man. Take that in for a second. 31-year-old man, and he is just beside himself because Steven Crowder on the internet made fun of him. Carlos Gaywonk Maza. I mean, I blame his parents. I mean, who else? I mean, who raised this wuss? Who raised such a wimp where words on the internet are so scarring that he couldn't deal with it? So much he couldn't deal with it and he had to try to get YouTube to take down Steven Crowder. This guy started a crap storm because Crowder called him a lispy queer, God forbid. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words are where I draw the line apparently for Mazza. Tried to get him banned. First, it didn't work. YouTube said, quote, our teams spent the last few days conducting an in-depth review of the videos flagged to us. And while we found language that was clearly hurtful, the videos as posted don't violate our policies. So, of course, having fascist proclivities, the idea that a video went against his worldview and hurt his feelings was unacceptable. And Gaywonk was just beside himself. I don't know what to say. He said, YouTube has decided not to punish Crowder after he spent two years harassing me for being gay and Latino. I don't know what to say. Doesn't know what to say, he says, before launching a 12-tweet thread. Now, Crowder didn't spend any time harassing Gaywonk, if harassing actually has a definition. I mean, as far as I know, Crowder didn't even make contact with you, Gaywonk. He talked about you. That's not harassment. Sure, he made fun of you. So suck it up. It's what comedians do. They make jokes about people. But Gay Wonk doesn't have a sense of humor, doesn't understand this. Even though he's supposedly a wonk, his brain is having a real hard time wrapping his head around basic concepts. And so the little crap storm he threw actually caused YouTube to reconsider. And YouTube demonetized Crowder's account. And still, still that wasn't enough for Gay Wonk. So the f what, Gay Wonk bitched. Basically, all political content gets demonetized. Crowder's revenue stream isn't from YouTube ads. It's from selling merch, and socialism is for f shirt. Actually, gay wonk, it's socialism is for figs. Selling those shirts to millions of loyal customers, that YouTube continues to drive to his channel for free. So in other words, gay wonk wasn't going to be happy until the entire channel was ripped down from YouTube. And because it wasn't, gay wonk says this has been the worst day of his life. It's a, a carnival of horrors, <laughs> like maybe the, maybe the worst day of my life. In my gut, there was like this like bullied gay teenager that thought, I have all the evidence, I've done my work, I exposed myself to the public, I've used YouTube policies and, and by the letter of those policies, and this has to work. Like how could any decent human who says they care about queer people not react to this? And it wasn't enough. Man, I would love to see Gay Wonk go and tell an American GI the worst day of my life was having to hear someone say mean things about me on the internet.
when they sacrifice their lives. It's incredible. Now, in response to YouTube saying, well, Crowder has not told anyone to harass Gaywonk. So, I mean, he himself didn't really harass him. He was responding to one of Gaywonk's opinions. And yeah, sure, he did call him some names, but he didn't dox him. Didn't dox the guy, didn't release his address like the left loves to do. And so, yeah, YouTube said that doesn't really violate our policies. That sent Gaywonk spinning into a gay tizzy. That's an insane policy because it essentially means that the only way you can get kicked off YouTube is if you give my address and instruct millions of people to harass me. Abuse, there's a lot of abuse that happens before someone gives your address. And it doesn't matter if he ever encouraged his followers to harass me. He was doing it. That was the harm. A person with 4 million subscribers was calling me Elizabeth Queer unsolicited in front of a massive audience, and I had to deal with the abuse that resulted as of that. No, he, he did not solicit viewers to harass you. That's what you do, gay wonk. You are the one actually soliciting harassment. He instructs on his Twitter page his 118,000 followers to throw milkshakes at his political opponents. Milkshake them all, humiliate that I'm at every turn, make them dread public organizing. I mean, you wanna talk about harassment, he's cheering on assault. That is a defense of public humiliation. He is quite literally calling and instructing others to harass individuals. But Crowder's the one doing the harassment, sure. All right, but of course, Gay Wonk, he gets to keep all of his accounts. He just thinks Crowder shouldn't get to keep his because as he said, a person with 4 million subscribers was calling a queer with the lisp a lispy queer. And I mean, that shouldn't be allowed. It's fascist behavior. No, what's fascist behavior What is what Gay Wonk is engaging in. That is totalitarian behavior. I mean, it's doublespeak. It's doublespeak. Our views are fine, and we can do whatever we want to do to promote our views, even if it's engaging in physical attacks and hatred. But the minute you try to so much as criticize us, well, then we're turning the tanks on you, and we are making sure you aren't even seen or heard. Well, you know what, gay wonk? We've kicked fascism's ass before. We'll sure do it again. Sure, right now, it's not concentration camps. It's coming from a fringe group of extremists in Silicon Valley, extremists on the left, begging for internet control. But speech is the first frontier for these people. We wanna make sure it is the last. Because you know what? There are always going to be fascists like Gaywonk, people who think the world would be better off under their totalitarianism. Unfortunately for them, we don't tolerate that here in America. And we will be as loud as possible in the defense of Crowder, in the defense of all of the people the fascists on the left have tried to silence. And we must be as forceful as they are in fighting them back because we certainly cannot give up our speech in this time. It is our most important weapon in this battle. In the age of big tech, Speech, the ability to say what we want on the internet is our most important weapon and we have to wield it properly. Because you know what, tyrants, they are going to have to pry our speech from our cold damn tweeting thumbs if they wanna shut us up for good. And that's today's main story. For our out of the house story, we're going to go now to the disgusting, wretched house majority shrew, Nancy Pelosi. All right, Nancy Pelosi, we talk about her all the time. The woman's brain is going the way of the dinosaur. She has lost all of her marbles. Well, maybe not, maybe not all of them. Maybe she has one or two left, and those are the ones reminding her about the Nixon impeachment attempt and the Clinton impeachment attempt, and it's telling her to take a hard pass on a Trump impeachment. 
The latest headline sweeping the political gossip scene is from Politico, our favorite. Pelosi tells Dem she wants to see Trump in prison. It doesn't really sound like a healthy, functioning republic to me. But of course, the Democrats aren't actually and never have been interested in a healthy system. They just pretend they are. Remember, remember the debates in Hillary Clinton? It is horrifying that Donald Trump would not accept the results of the election if he lost. Here they are in his third year in office, and they are still engaging in this kind of reckless casuistry to question and undo the results of the election. I mean, is that accepting the results of the election? No, it's a coup. That's what this is. It is a coup because they are not willing to accept the results of the 2016 election. They don't care about a healthy republic. They are only interested in gaining power, even if they have to steal it by subverting the results of the 2016 election. And remember, Maxine Waters, Al Green, they were calling for impeachment from the get-go, basically since the minute Trump took office. And according to this report, Pelosi is clashing with the small but growing group in her party that wants her permission to begin the impeachment process on President Trump. Pelosi saying she'd rather see the Dems win in 2020, fat chance they're not going to win in 2020, than see Trump prosecuted and jailed. I mean, jailed for what exactly? I mean, I don't, I don't really know. As I said, this woman's brain barely functions, so it must be extra tough because she's trying to portray a united party despite the fact that nearly every single Democrat in Congress is a certifiable lunatic and they're all over the place. And they are obsessed with impeachment, including Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler, who, I mean, he really should be more interested in launching an inquiry about where to find a better tailor. I mean, look at that. Look at that. Dare I say it, is Pelosi actually being smart here? Maybe she's putting her two marbles to use now, or at least trying to. I mean, if you're going to make an impeachment proceeding work, everyone knows you need an overwhelming support from the public on your side. And the Democrats, they don't have that. A national poll conducted by CNN shows 54% of voters nationally do not want to impeach and remove the president from office, while just 41% of them do. And of course, public opinion, it shifts willy-nilly. You've got the pro-impeachment Democrats. They're pushing this as their latest cure-all. They need something else to go all in on since the Mueller investigation collapsed. So they need something to go all in on since that fell apart, right? But Pelosi knows this cure is basically just more snake oil. Impeachment does not remove a president from office. It doesn't. So when you're impeaching somebody, you want to make sure you have the strongest possible indictment because it's not the means to the end that people think. All you do, vote to impeach, bye-bye birdie. <laughs> it isn't that. It's an indictment. So you want to have the best possible indictment. Yeah, you should try taking that clip, slowing it down. I mean, she, bye-bye birdie. <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? Am I in a room? They don't have the best possible indictment, all right? Every single thing they have tried to stick this president with has failed. Michael Avenatti, fail. His partner in crime, horny Stormy D, failed. Mueller, failed. Tax returns, failed. Remember, they got a part of the tax returns. It turns out he paid them. I mean, you got to wonder how worried the pro-impeachment cohort is about 2020, because it seems like they'll support any method of removing Trump from office short of an actual fair election. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.